right, hello and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 77 and I haven't recorded in quite a bit. It seems like a lot has happened since then. I've been pretty busy, um, but all exciting things. We had All-Star Weekend in Cleveland, which was great. I'm sure many of you follow me on Twitter who listened to this podcast and saw my funny interaction with uh, Richard Jefferson on social media. So that was fun and exciting. And uh, if you didn't see it, just go back and take a look. It was it was just me being really awkward and having a, a just a weird interaction because of it. But uh, always, always fun to have that happen on social media. Um, but overall, the weekend was awesome. Just seeing everyone in Cleveland, seeing all the events taking place in Cleveland. It was, it was really great. And it w- couldn't have been a better weekend for the Cavs, honestly, in terms of you had both Evelyn Mobley and Isaac Okoro in the Rising Stars game. Then you had the skills challenge that our Cavs guys won, Jared Allen, Mobley, and Garland. Uh, And then you kind of had all of the LeBron antics of the weekend, Uh, just a big Cleveland love fest. I, I honestly have not seen LeBron look that happy in a long time, and I know I'm probably biased in reading into that, but it just seemed like he was having the time of his life that weekend being back in Cleveland, being with a lot of his his buddies from growing up, um, just really soaking in the cheers from the Cleveland fans. Uh, it was kind of... Uh, it was kind of awesome to see, and it made me very nostalgic of the days of him in Cleveland, and who knows if he ends up back here at some point. I know the conversation is now revolving around him playing with his son at some point, but there's so much that has to happen between now and then for that to actually go correctly and happen, um, so we'll see, but uh, I I could see him back in Cleveland at some point, which would be pretty crazy to say the least and I, I I mean I don't blame him for wanting out of the Lakers at the moment if that is the case because they are not looking pretty uh, but it was just it was awesome to see him get that reception on the stage uh, and then having the the top 75 players in Cleveland to celebrate them very cool as well uh, a little bit of a surreal moment I, I was watching this on TV but when Michael Jordan walked out a lot of speculation on whether or not he was going to be there really cool to just see the the reception because he's not someone I feel like at least we in Cleveland see physically very often or or most people do very often so uh, definitely a big reception there and was just a special moment celebrating a lot of the the greatest players that have played this game. So yeah, overall successful weekend. Then this past weekend, I was in Columbus. Uh, I went to a Dua Lipa concert, and then I went to a Columbus Blue Jackets game. So if you listen to this, you know I'm not really a hockey person. I I didn't grow up on it. I wasn't raised on it. Um, And I, I felt, I've gone to a few hockey games in my life, but I always feel so dumb because I... I feel like other sports are more instinctual to me because I was raised on them. Like when I watch football, I, I don't have to like ask those questions because I, I was raised on it. I never even remember like fully learning it because I've just known it my whole life since when I was a kid. But when it comes to watching hockey, every two seconds, I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> so it was definitely an interesting experience and I had a great time. It was a, a fun atmosphere, a fast paced game. Um, so I enjoyed that. And I feel like if I 
committed the time to it. Not that I have any <laughs> any time to commit to it, but I feel like it's a sport I could get into and, and would be interesting. Uh, but the Blue Jackets did lose that game, so kind of unfortunate. But very fun experience overall. Um, okay, so I don't have a ton of major topics to get into, but um, definitely some NFL things to touch on. We have the combine happening right now. Uh, so there's things coming out from that or just general speculation in the public at the moment on everything happening as we make our way through the offseason. Um, but before I get into that, do have to quickly talk about none other than Hugh Jackson once again. And uh, I hate to have to talk about him, but I think this just reaffirms everything I was saying on an episode recently and just what most people have been saying about Hugh Jackson uh, and why we struggle so much with the way he has spoken publicly. Um, and the most recent story that came out is it started from a tweet about his foundation. Um, it has now come out that in 2019, his foundation, the Hugh Jackson Foundation, collected $158,000. They paid $115,000 to their only employee, 15 k for travel, which leaves only $4,000 for grants that his foundation gave out. Uh, so basically everyone pretty much figures that this is some type of tax evasion scheme of some sort and uh, feels a little bit sketchy and just kind of backs up what everyone has been saying about Hugh Jackson is that he is just not a credible source to listen to on almost anything, uh, which like I said, this just reaffirms it. And just having to see that circulating on social media after the events a few weeks ago, it's like, all right, yes, we know who you are, Hugh. Uh, but very frustrating to see that you start a foundation and uh, that's the result of it. I'm not sure uh, why you put your time into that. Um, don't want to get too much more into that because it's, like I said, a frustrating topic, but I had to bring it up because uh, it is important to reaffirm everything we know about him. Okay, getting into some combine stuff. So we did get to hear from both Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski um, earlier this week, which nice to see their faces. Uh, once again, I've, I've missed uh, listening to them say uh, very general statements all of the time. Uh, but I, I have to say, I do appreciate the way they handle their business with the media. They're never going to give away too much. People are always expecting them to say more for some reason, and I'm not sure why because they have never proven to be uh, those guys and that type of organization. That is not the team that they are building. They're keeping things very close, um, and I I appreciate that, and I think that's a good way to handle things because uh, then you know when things are good and when things are bad, you can keep things pretty stagnant. Uh, so I definitely respect and appreciate that. I will say, though, that Kevin seemed a lot lighter, I guess is the word I want to give to it. He was making jokes. He just seemed a little bit less tense. And I was thinking about it. I just feel like last season really had to weigh on him heavily with how everything went down, everything that happened. Your quarterback gets injured in week two. You've got the OBJ situation uh, in week, was that nine? Uh, all the COVID issues towards the end of the season, plagued by injuries the entire season, people criticizing his play calling, uh, just a very stressful and crazy season overall. And I think having it 
past us at this point and past Kevin has just been a weight lifted off of his shoulders. He seems a lot lighter and just ready for this kind of fresh start of a year uh, to, to just get another crack at it because there was just not a lot that went right last season. And it, it made it hard for him to be successful as a head coach. I know the head coach shoulders a lot of the blame of, of when things go wrong. Uh, but I think there's so much that was out of his control at the same time. Uh, and a lot of things he would learn from too, that he would want to do better himself. But when you have so many things one week after another happening, it's just got to be tough and weigh on you after a while. So it was nice to see him just feel a little bit looser and, and ready to go. Um, the other conversation that is continuing, and I can't remember if I mentioned this on the last episode I recorded, but this is a conversation that Browns fans are having right now and that Kevin has had to answer questions to a lot of times about his scheme and about his personnel usage. Um, and his reasoning he always gives for these things makes a lot of sense when you hear it. And basically what it is is that they are responding to one what the defense is giving to them. So, uh, you know, you can't do everything all the time. You do have to look at what the defense is doing and decide how to respond to that. And then you also have to look at what types of players that you have and who you are most confident in. And he has said time and time again that he will put the best guys out on the field just like every other team does. And this past season, he just had more trust in our tight ends than he did our receivers is really what it comes down to. And I personally can't blame him for that. I think, yeah, I would have liked him to maybe use Austin Hooper a little less um, just because of his drops and the issues there. But in general, I don't have a huge problem with his personnel usage uh, because our receivers, frankly, were not that great last season. And especially we lose OBJ in week nine. I mean, we didn't have a lot of threats there at the receiver position. So he was just trying to put the best guys out there that he thought would help us succeed. And I think that was the best he could do. It was it was a tough time. Um, and I, I respect what he did, especially the season before, uh, what other schemes in the NFL that are similar to Kevin Stefanski's scheme and do work. Um, I I think we're going to be okay. I'm not super concerned about it. I know a lot of people are, uh, but I think with the chance to bounce back, with the chance to maybe draft some receivers or get some receivers in free agency, I think he's definitely open to different usage uh, with the type of guys that we have, if we have more talent that he wants to use at the receiver position. I think Kevin would be more than willing to do that, um, but you just kind of have to take it as it comes because we were out of luck last year with, with who we had out there on the field. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, Baker. Okay, so reports today, I'm recording this on Thursday, reports are saying that the Browns met with Baker's team, his people today, um, and said they expect him to be the starter in 2022 with no veteran QB being brought in. Um, it's not surprising to hear this because I think, I mean, there hasn't been a move that has been made yet, so you're never going to say anything until something actually happens, and that's how most organizations operate. Um, like I said, I remember, I think I said this on a previous podcast, there was last year, 
all this social media push, all of this push from coaches about Jared Goff and the Rams. And then two days later, they trade for Matthew Stafford. And it seemed perfect before that and that everything was great and that they were very comfortable with Jared Goff. And then something happens and you got to make the move if, if that move comes to you. So I no, I was not surprised um, to hear that because I think they're that is what they believe at the moment because we don't have another quarterback at the moment. If an opportunity did present itself at some point, um, I, I'm not discounting that they would make that move just because they're saying that today. So um, not too, yeah, not too much there because I don't read into reports until we physically see who is out there on the field and who is on the roster going into training camp uh, this summer. A couple on- other interesting just outside of the Browns, things that we've been hearing. Reports are that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back in Green Bay. Uh, Not super surprised by this either. It seemed like he left that team in a good place at the end of the season, left in a good place with the coaching staff, with the GM, with just the whole organization, and that he was feeling better about things this offseason than last offseason. So I wouldn't be super surprised to have him stay. So, um, yeah, that, yeah, that one wasn't shocking. The other one though, that is a little bit shocking is that I am hearing a lot of Mitch Trubisky talk being thrown around and that made me start to think about him because I really haven't, I haven't put any thought into him as a potential starter in the NFL in quite some time, but just with so much quarterback talk for a lot of teams in the NFL right now, I would not be surprised if he was a starter somewhere in 2022, just with how many teams are looking to make a change or just try something else or find that spark that is going to take them over the edge. Um, And I just think that there's not that many options of guys people can go get that they might be willing to go get uh, a Mitch Trubisky and try him out and see if he could be an answer for them. Um, I'm not sure if he actually would be, but I think there are some teams that certainly could be interested in that. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on that in the in the coming weeks as well. All right, into some more combine-specific stuff about these college players. Well, draft prospects now, no longer college players. Um, the combine is interesting because I think it's good for some things, but I think you can overthink a lot of these metrics at certain points. For example, when Joe Burrow was at the Combine when he was a draft prospect, everyone freaked out about his hand size. And sometimes that feels a little crazy. And in that moment, it did feel crazy because we just watched Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl and he's been a phenomenal quarterback and there haven't been a lot of complaints about his hand size. Uh, So I think you got to take everything you see with a grain of salt. Even I'll get into some of these 40 times. Um, I think it's great to see if they have that just raw athletic speed, Uh, but I much more care about the speed that you see from them on the field and how quick they are. Um, There's a lot more that goes into it when you're in pads and running your routes and you're with a you know, you got a defender right on you. I think there's a lot more that goes into it that I don't love to read into just what your 40 time was as a, you know, way to predetermine how you're going to play in the NFL. I mean, I like Anthony Schwartz, but 
he had a great 40 time and he's an incredible athlete and everyone was was freaking out about his abilities in that way hasn't quite translated onto the field yet and that happens so uh, you can't overthink those things pick a guy that you feel like has those intangibles and I think that's a lot more important than just that raw athletic ability or at least some combination of both but I think people make a lot of dramatic statements after someone runs a great 40 time and thinks suddenly they're the first pick in the draft because of it. Uh, We got to calm down with those things. Take them with a grain of salt. Look at the player in a more holistic way. Uh, Look at their tape and what they did in college. You will see kind of how they were able to move on the field, uh, not just sprinting when you tell them to sprint. But that does lead me to my Buckeye receivers um, and their 40 times. So Chris Olave ran a 4-2-6, which was very unexpected for him to look that fast because he is not really known for his speed. Um, And then you had Garrett Wilson running a 4-3-7, which is still incredibly fast. There were a lot of very fast times. I'm still kind of shocked about it and wondering if there was some issue with the clock and uh, I'm not on my phone at the minute to look to see if they've readjusted any of those times because those were just the initial times. So by the time you're listening to this, they could have adjusted those. Uh, But it was very impressive. I do still think that Garrett Wilson is the better prospect over Chris Olave. I love both of them, but I'm still on the Garrett Wilson to the Browns train if he is available. I am praying he is. I just did a a mock draft earlier today and he was available on my mock draft. So if it can go that way, then we're we're in the clear. We're good to go. Uh, But just reiterating today how many incredible receiver prospects there are, I really think that there's multiple good options out there for us. And looking at who is ahead of us on the board in those first 12 picks, I'm pretty confident we're going to be able to get a guy Uh, which I feel good about, and potentially another guy later in another round. Okay, so that is kind of all I have on football talk. Want to get into a little bit of Cavs quickly here. So should we be concerned about the Cavs? Maybe. We are right now fifth in the Eastern Conference at 36 and 26. We are honestly losing games that we should be winning due to a couple reasons. We've we've had some injury issues. I know Darius Garland was dealing with his back and man, when he was not on the floor, you just realized how important he is to this team and what he means just to how we run our offense in general. Um, and man, I, I missed him a lot when he was, was not out there. Uh, seemed okay in the last game, played a lot of minutes, didn't seem like he was being restricted too much, but um, we need him out there, and we've dealt with a couple other injuries as well. We've also had just lazy defense in general. Uh, in our last game against the, was it the Hornets, um, just felt like the defense was incredibly lazy, and yes, they were hitting like every single shot they were taking, but Still, we are known for our defense, so it's unfortunate when you see that, and I think maybe they got a little too comfortable after how we were playing before in the first half of the year before the All-Star break, and you just can't get too comfortable. These guys are still young, still learning, and maybe didn't quite uh, keep that momentum going and that relentless defense and hard work on the court that they were doing uh, earlier this year. 
Our next couple games, too, are, are tough. And honestly, the rest of our season is, is pretty tough. But our next couple games are Philly, Toronto, Pacers, Heat, Bulls, Clippers, 76ers, Denver. So it's not going to be easy coming up here. And I, I'm a little bit concerned that we're going to drop into a playing game, which I don't want to do. I don't feel like we're in jeopardy of dropping below a playing game because right now the Hawks, who are the who are at the 10th seed right now, are 29 and 32. So we're still pretty significantly above them, and some crazy things would have to happen for us to drop that low. Uh, but I would prefer to not be in a playing game and get a full series after the season we've had so far. It's tough because the Eastern Conference has been so close at the top, so tight the entire season that these couple losses here and these blunders are quickly going to hurt us and drop us lower and could be putting us in in that position, which I don't want. If it happens, fine, Uh, but it's hard because we've gotten our hopes up so much this season after saying, wow, we exceeded all expectations. This is more than anything we could have asked for. Uh, And then suddenly, towards the end of the year, once we're feeling more confident, feeling like we're getting in our swing of things, uh, then to be dropping like this, it's it's a little bit of a bummer. But hopefully we can maybe pick things back up, get a little bit healthier. I hope Darius is going to be okay because we need him out there. But we'll see what happens. All right, so that is all I have for you guys today. Just a short one because there's not... This is the weird time of year. I mean, we're getting closer to March Madness stuff, so I'll have to get into some of that. But it's just a weird time of year where you've got the NFL offseason. Who knows what is happening with the MLB? They're currently, they've postponed games. It's it, Who has any idea if it's going to happen? Uh, then we've got the NBA happening, but um, there's not much else going on at this time. So it's kind of a dull point of the year, but... Um, You have to have these off times to appreciate the sports when you have them. I feel like as much as I love football, if football was on the entire year, you wouldn't have time to miss it. And I think you need to have that time to miss those things in order to appreciate how great they are and to have that feeling of training camp coming up and looking forward to even the preseason games, like how excited I get over those for no reason, even though they mean nothing, it's still exciting. And then just getting ready for the the season in general, you wouldn't have that same momentum and and build up as you would if if the sport was happening the whole year. So the off season is important to make you miss things. Always remember that. <laughs> all right, so that is all I have for you guys today. If you could just leave me a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts, you can do ratings on Spotify now as well. Um, share it with a friend. Share it with family, whoever you want. I, I really appreciate you all listening and I will catch you guys on the next one.